Good morning, friends. Welcome to Myers Park United Methodist Church. My name is Uyan Kim, one of the pastors here. We're so grateful that we can gather together to worship and praise our God. Uh, friends, every Sunday, every time we gather, in fact, we know that there are other opportunities for you, but you chose to be with us here in person online, and we're grateful for that, especially for those of you who may be relatively new or first-time visitor. We especially welcome you. May you continue to encounter the presence of God in this place. A couple of things I wanted to share with you. Uh, Pastor Nancy Watson uh, next weekend will be retiring in the life of our conference, but uh, she is coming back to serve with us uh, in a part-time capacity focusing on pastoral care. So be not dismayed or be troubled. She's retiring, but not really, really retiring. But we want to celebrate her next Sunday following 945 and 11 a.m. service. There's going to be a celebration for her in the parish lobby. So we invite you to join us as you are able to as we celebrate uh, Nancy together. Uh, I'm so grateful to be joined by my friend and colleague, Pastor Taylor. What else is happening? Hello, it's so good to be in worship with you. Um, as always, we want to remind you that you have your hospitality pad on the inner aisle of the pews. And even if you've already signed in, we want to make sure that you hand that down the aisle. So just make sure that your neighbors have also signed in too. Pass it to your neighbors. Yes, pass, pass it to, it to your, your neighbors. neighbors. We, would, we want everyone to tell us <laughs> that they came to worship today. We also, it's also important because there's these little pieces of paper in there that if you are someone who gives online or you mail your tithe in, we want you to be a part of the moment in worship where the, the plates get passed and we honor that we give to the church. And so we want you to place this sheet of paper in that offering plate at that moment of worship. So please grab that if that applies to you. Um, we also just keep looking at this week. There's so many exciting things happen in the life of the church and we want you to always be plugged in. Even in the summer, church keeps happening. So let us continue on in worship together.
church family, let us affirm our faith as we join our voices together in the Apostles' Creed, which is found in your bulletin. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Friends, it is a privilege to celebrate the sacrament of holy baptism. Sarah Beth and Jeff bring their son, William Charles Pfeffer. Brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the Spirit. All of this is, God, is God's gift offered to us without price. So friends, on behalf of the whole church, I ask you, do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to renounce evil and repent of your sin? If so, say, we do. Do you confess Christ as your Savior, put your trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as your Lord? If so, say, we do. And will you nurture this child in Christ's holy church, that by your teaching and example, he may be guided to accept God's grace for himself, profess his faith openly, and lead a Christian life? If so, say, we will. And will you, the congregation, of Myers Park United Methodist Church include this family now before you in your care. Will you proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ? Will you surround this family with a community of love and forgiveness that they may grow in their service of others? And will you pray for them that they may be true disciples who walk in a way that leads to life? If so, say, we will. We will. Let us pray. Eternal Father, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the dark waters and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those in the ark through water. After the flood, you set in the clouds a rainbow. When you saw your people as slaves in Egypt, you led them to freedom through the sea. Their children you brought through the Jordan to the land which you promised. 
In the fullness of time, you sent Jesus, nurtured in the water of a womb. He was baptized by John and anointed by your spirit. He called his disciples to share in the baptism of the death and resurrection and to make disciples of all nations. Pour out your Holy Spirit to bless this gift of water and those who receive it to wash away their sin and clothe them in righteousness throughout their lives, that dying and being raised with Christ, they may share in his final victory. All praise to you, eternal Father, through your Son, Jesus Christ, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns forever. Amen. Bless you. <laughs> Come on. William Charles Pfeffer, I baptize you in the name of the Father, of the Son, the Holy Spirit. May the Holy Spirit work within you that being born through water and the Spirit, you may be faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world, so let your light shine before others so that they may come to know God the Father in heaven. Child of God, as you grow in age, may you also grow in the knowledge and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. We welcome you and celebrate as you join the church. Baptism is one of those reminders where we recognize as a church that we are always repenting of our sins. And each week we remember that as a church as we confess our sins together. So join me in our prayer of confession, which is found in our bulletin. Holy God, breathe new life into us. Where there is idleness, inspire growth. Where there is distraction, guide us toward you. Where there is bitterness, Shower us with grace. May your love transform us, O Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love for us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The Old Testament reading is Genesis chapter 12, beginning with the first verse. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who curses you I will curse, and by you all the families of the earth shall bless themselves. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. 
Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions which they had gathered, and the purses that they had gotten in Haran. And they set forth to go to the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shashem, to the oak of Moreh. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. Thence he removed to the mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent, with Bethel on the west and I on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on, still going toward the Negev. This is the word of God for the people of God. In the year 2002, there was an Oscar-winning soundtrack song written by the rapper Marshall Mathers, also known as Eminem, Lose Yourself. This is what he writes. If you had one shot, one opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted, one moment, would you capture it or just let it slip? You only get one shot. I think we, for most part, most of us in our culture, we obsessively romanticize about that one moment, that catalytic moment, a point of choice, decision, where and by, I don't know, we can be the hero, redeem our past, set ourselves up for a different kind of future ahead. One shot, one opportunity. Uh, at first glance, in many ways, Genesis chapter 12, uh, it looks like that is the moment for Abram. There is this call and response. We take a good look at Abram today. Uh, prior to this call, we really don't know much about Abram the person. He is mentioned just briefly in the previous chapter, Genesis chapter 11, verse 27, where he's just part of the lineage that's being described. And then all of a sudden, Genesis 12, Abram's called. He's the son of Terah. And Terah's ancestry traces back to one of Noah's sons, Shem. But besides that, we know so little about this man his pedigree, his gifts and graces. Uh, was he a righteous man as we read about his ancestor Noah? Uh, we just don't know. Scripture is absent in ways of telling us. Yet, Abram's called, chapter 12, and one could argue that this is the most significant calling that we read about in the biblical narrative. I don't know about you, the calling of Abram as we labor, for me, it means so much being a pastor's kid and being a pastor myself. I imagine that it means a lot to you as well because I, I would hope that all of us know what it means to live with a sense of calling in our lives. You need not be a pastor or a religious leader of any kind to know and to live your life with a sense of purpose and a deeper and a wider calling. Every time I step into the church, 
step into people's homes or hospitals, nursing homes, where have you, I, I'm reminded of calling, Abram's calling. Every time I am uh, moving from a previous church to a new appointment, um, as difficult as that is, I think of Abram's calling. In regards to Abram's calling, I've preached this passage before. I think I've even preached about this passage here at our church. Uh, I often focus on, and rightfully so, a couple of the details that is pretty amazing. Uh, first of all, we read that Abram, and I'm not going to focus on this, but I will mention it. Abram's how old? He's 75 years old when God calls him to say, hey, leave your country, your kins, your father's home, and go to a place, a different place, a place you've never been. He's 75 years old. Now, I'm not saying that 75 is old, but it ain't young either. Seventy-five is a lasting season where you're supposed to settle down and enjoy the fruits of your labor. This is not the season to receive this type of radical calling from God to plant new seeds and to seemingly start all over again. But that is what Abram's faced with. So the timing is a thing. Time in which Abram's called is a thing. And there's the place. Where is Abram upon receiving this call? It's a place called Haran. Haran translates as highway or crossroads. Isn't that amazing? Abram is called to leave his country, his kinsmen, and to, to leave his father's house to a place where God is showing him. And where is he called? At the very crossroads of his life, yeah, at the crossroads of his life. But God was not kidding when God says, I will make of you a great nation. Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, all three of these major, major world religions trace their foundation back to the house of Abraham. So. There is the, the calling in verse 3 from God, and there is the response in verse 4 from Abram. And I wonder uh, what happened between verse 3 and verse 4. I wonder what went through Abram's mind, his heart. Do you think Abram was anxious, worried? Nervous? Do you think he weighed and calculated the opportunity cost of this move, of this shift in life? I wonder. Uh, I'm, I'm quite certain uh, that Abram, you know, there's no way he would have known what Jesus would have said in Matthew chapter 6, but surely he must have reflected something similar to what we learn in Matthew chapter 6 when Jesus says, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, what you will wear. Do not worry, for the pagans run after these things. For the pagans run after these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But first seek 
First, seek kingdom, God's kingdom, and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. I wonder if Abram thought of something like that, prayed about something like that, as he discerned what to do upon receiving God's call in his life, in the life of his family. Now, going back to verse 3, what we see here is that in many ways, the way the, the words are arranged, the sentence structure, God is the subject and Abram is the object. Here's what I mean. God says, I will show you. God says, I will make of you. I will show you and I will make of you. For me, there's such great comfort in this because seemingly what God is saying, even if you do not see, I see. I see ahead of you. Even if you do not know, I will, I will make of you into the creation that I made you to be ultimately. I don't know the specifics of God's calling in your life, but the one who calls is the one who will always equip. And the one who equips is the one who always know better than you and I do about the very creation, the person that we're made to be. And I must say, the quality of Abram's response really rises up to the enormity of God's calling in this story because all we read about in verse 4 is what? We're told, so Abram went. So Abram went. He doesn't even say anything. It's, it's told from the third person. So Abram went. Simplicity of that obedience does not happen in a vacuum. Such call and response from God and by Abram, these things do not happen in a vacuum. But instead, it can only happen through a life lived with trust, obedience, and witness. My brother, uh, his name's Paul, and you're thinking, how is he Paul and you, Uyan? <laughs> Paul's, that's what he goes by. That's not his real name, but, <laughs> but he, it, it stuck with him. You know, before he turned 18 and left for college, he went to Davidson, which is not too far away from here. He had many, many major moves. He moved when he was two, when he was six, when he was 13, when he was 16. These are major moves. This is not even counting the, the changing of the homes. When he was six, our family moved from Texas to Iowa. And I remember within that first week upon arriving in Iowa, uh, that one particular night, my brother was in bed um, talking to my mom, our mom, and he was weeping. And he said, I don't have any friends here. I want to go back to Texas. I don't have any friends here. You know, my brother then was the same age as my daughter now. It, it, that story is so powerful for me. I still remember it to this day. And my mom and I, we just cried together uh, for my brother as he lamented. When he moved again uh, as a 13-year-old from Iowa to North Carolina, 
he was silent. He didn't say much. And then when he turned 16, this is after his freshman year of high school, shortly before the start of his sophomore year, our family moved again. And this time, I remember, this is told to me by my mom. She said, uh, mom and dad called my brother Paul to the table, and even before my father opened his mouth, my brother knew what the conversation was going to be. And he simply said, okay, I will be ready. Okay, I will be ready. Now, I want to say this. We should never romanticize God's calling in our lives and our respective response to God's calling. Uh, no more than we should romanticize God's calling in verse 4 and Abram's response in verse God's calling in verse 3 and Abram's response in verse 4. And we shouldn't, I don't romanticize the movings of my family to that of my brother's response throughout the course of his life because let me tell you, call and response by God and from us does not mean that our lives would be any easier for having responded in a faithful way. Are you hearing me? In fact, saying yes to God, going where God leads us, Simply saying, okay, I will be ready, does not mean that our lives will be easier. In fact, if anything at all, responding to God's call make our lives more complicated and difficult and even at times more painful. You don't believe me? Ask Abram. Abram's life got so difficult that he lied about his wife, Sarah, being his sister. Do you know that? Genesis chapter 12 and Genesis chapter 20. Things got so hard, he tells the foreigners, hey, this is not my wife. She's my sister. Take her with you. Life can get so difficult. What's a mark of discipleship? What's a mark of discipleship? We're called by God. We're called by God to go to places that we've never been and at times to be with those whom we'd rather avoid. We're called by God. And the reward for responding to God's calling in our lives with faithfulness is not that we will live our lives easier, healthier, wealthier, or even happier, although I'm a big fan of happiness. And in fact, oftentimes, as we know as Christians, call and response, callings by God, and our response in faith kind means that we pick up the cross and follow Jesus. But there are rewards. I do believe this. Of course there are rewards. But the older I get, the more that I pray, and the longer that I witness, certainly in the life of my family, in the life of my brother, and in so many of your lives, perhaps the reward is nothing more and less than the simple truth that God calls us and we said yes. That's enough, isn't it? That God would call us to join God and that we said yes. That's enough for me. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us prepare hearts for prayer.
O God of all our journeys, you lead us day by day. Sometimes the going is smooth and we follow gladly, but sometimes the going gets tough. We face obstacles and difficult choices. We are unsure which way to turn. Forgive us when we hesitate and give us the courage to walk with you. Lord, in your mercy, God of our past and our future, we come before you with grateful hearts, trusting that you accompany us through all the times of our lives. You create a future for us, calling each of us to use our individual abilities and opportunities to make a difference in this world. Thank you that we all have a place and a purpose in your kingdom. Lord, we ask that you would guide all who are graduating this year. Help them to listen for your call and to find their true path and calling in their vocation and in their spiritual journey as well. Lord, in your mercy, Hear us, O oh God, as we pray for the world in its deep and diverse needs. We pray for all who feel helpless or hopeless in this present time. For those around us facing unemployment, struggling to make ends meet. For those caught up in the pain of misunderstanding or broken relationships. For those working through situations of conflict at home or at work. Oh Lord, we pray for all those working to relieve suffering in these lives and to bring justice and peace. Lord, in your mercy. God of compassion, we pray for all those facing fear or frustration wrestling with sorrow or discouragement in any area of their lives. For those who live with illness or pain, for those bearing up with chronic conditions of disability, for those who know the bereavement grief, we especially today remember the family of Michael Berry in their time of loss. Guide all those who seek to bring comfort and healing and care to those who suffer in our world. Lord, in your mercy, God of healing and hope, inspire and guide our congregation to engage the world each day with faithfulness. Unite us as we travel into the future you are creating for us as followers of Jesus as we pray the words he taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. 
in advance of your generous giving, we're so grateful for all your gifts, your tithes and offerings that make the ministries of this church and this community and in our world possible. Ushers, if you'll come.
loving God, we offer you these gifts in thanksgiving for the work of Christ in our lives. Bless them and us with the power of the Spirit, enlisting all our gifts for the work of your kingdom. For it is in Christ's holy name that we pray. Amen.
God calls you and me, God calls Mars Park United Methodist Church, so we went. May the love of God the Father, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore.